What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and I am the host of the Lunch Break Podcast. This is a new podcast that I'm starting, essentially for true sales practitioners to come here on their lunch break and share their stories. Uh, we all have different experiences. We've all been different places and done different things. There's always value in sharing those stories. So, episode one, I have my good friend, somebody that I consider uh, a mentor whose uh, conversations that I've had with him have been extremely valuable. He was the first person I thought of when I thought about who I wanted to kind of kick this podcast series off with. His name is Seth, and he is the director of sales at Connect and Sell. You've probably seen him on LinkedIn doing his thing, but you probably haven't heard him on too many podcasts. He let me know that this is the uh, only the second one he's been on, so I feel very honored to have him. Seth, welcome to the Lunch Break Podcast, sir. Thank you so much, and, and as you touched on it a little bit, I'm, I'm not a podcast guy. I've only done one other one, but uh, when you presented the opportunity to me, um, just knowing how you are and, and, and how excited you are about sales and sales enablement, uh, I couldn't turn it down. Uh, so I'm super excited to be here, super honored that I'm your first guest, and uh, look forward to seeing if we can uh, change the world one podcast at a time. I love it, man. I love it. So I think, you know, we'll keep this informal, right? I mean, like I was telling you before we started recording, the first conversation that we had where you kind of just told me your story about how you got started, the things that you've done and kind of what you're doing now with connecting. So, I mean, I just, I left that call feeling like I got a lot out of it. And so I know that uh, anybody that watches this and hears your story will, will probably feel the same way. So with that, I'll turn it over to you and just tell us your story, how you got started and, and uh, the crazy journey that you've been on and, and, and what you're doing now, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, sales is always changing, right? So it's a lot different. I'm 43, so it's a lot different when I got in the game than it is now, obviously. So um, I guess I was always that kid that was always into sales. My dad was never a sales guy. My mom was never a sales guy. Um, just wasn't their personality. Uh, but I figured out early on just through, uh, you know, selling things through sports, you know, the candy bars and the lemonade stands. And, you know, I've been doing that since I was seven, eight years old and literally was just fascinated by the fact that you can control your own destiny. You can help people solve problems and make money along the way. Um, so I went to college um, basically because I was forced to, not because I wanted to. Uh, passed up a great job opportunity. I was living in New York. I'm from New York. I was living in New York at the time. A uh, guy wanted me to come and, and run his sales team uh, at a collection firm. Um, but, you know, my dad wasn't having that. He had different plans for me. Wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, so um, I'm sure he's not super thrilled. But uh, so went to college, did the college thing, and, and literally the day after I graduated, um, I went back and cold called that guy that wanted me to run his sales team. And was just like, hey, I'm done with school now. Um, I, I did my four years in jail, per se, and, and I'm a free man now on the market. And uh, would love if that opportunity was still available to come and join your team. Met with him within a week, and um, he hired me to run his sales team. Uh, I was fresh out of college, and the only sales experience I had was you know, I took a couple sales classes and listened to some podcasts, which weren't even really big back in the day. You know, um, it was just you know just starting to come up, uh, and, and just my previous experiences. But you know what I did realize is that when I laid down at night, I had that. To me, sales is hustle. It's all about your hustle, right? It's all about um, hard work, being relentless, not letting anybody outwork you. Uh, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but you definitely have to be the hardest working guy in the room. Uh, and be able to be taught and learn 
um, and evolve. And those are all things that, you know, um, I, I consider myself to, to be good at and be able to do. So I took the job, uh, worked there for four years, helped them take the company from about $14 million in revenue to about $150 million in revenue, um, doubled the size of the company. He sold it, uh, gave me a little bit of money, you know, as a thank you. Uh, I was leaving New York at the time, starting my family, moved to Atlanta. I uh, was in a bar one night and uh, listened to these two guys who were next to me who were like, hey, we're starting a collection company. And they were kind of going through their steps and who they needed to hire. Literally just jumped in the middle of their conversation. was like, hey, listen, I'm the best. There's nobody better than me. I just moved here. Turn me over the keys to the car. I guarantee you I'll build your business for you. Um, so I was literally the first employee. Uh, built a team to 35 salespeople, 14 collectors from ground zero. Um, they're doing about $18 million a month now in revenue. Um, I was there for a long time. Uh, got an opportunity to leave there and join Cintas. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, Cintas is probably the best sales organization in the world. Because you have to remember, up until that point, I had no sales training. Everything was self-taught or learned on the fly. Um, you know, nobody was teaching me anything. I was learning on my own, reading books and talking to people yeah. and having mentors uh, and things like that. So um, it, it was a step backwards as far as title is concerned but it was an opportunity for me to learn from some of the best sales leaders in the world. Well, I think that's an interesting point. First of all, that you uh, did all of that with no like formal sales training, right? Which I think speaks to like what you mentioned of kind of that like natural thing that, that was like, you know, the last thing that you would think of before you went to bed at night. I mean, just the fact that you, uh, you know, had that job opportunity before college and, and like literally uh, kept it, kept that in the back of your mind for four years and then knew exactly what you were going to do. I mean, it seems like it was like you, you already knew what was inside of you. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, I don't think everybody f has that, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of that, I agree. That, that inner uh, push to do something like that. And then, you know, you get to the point where you've, you've achieved some success, right? And uh, I don't know how many people would, at the point that you were at, take a, take a lower title, right? Uh, with the awareness that they could learn something. Uh, I think, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I've seen it countless times, right? You see a guy, uh, I've worked with him. You know, you see a guy start, you know, he's off to the races real quick and has some success and gets some promotions. And then all of a sudden it's like, he knows everything there is to know. Right. Um, so I, you know, I think that's awesome that you kind of had the self-awareness to know, like it's worth it for me to, to continue to learn essentially. Um, that's one of the things that I think is so great about sales you can, you, there's always something to learn. Everything's always changing. So keep going. Especially in the technology world. So that, that's a great point, right? Sales is always evolving. Um, and, and I think to your point, self-awareness for me, like when I talk to young reps, when I talk to you, when I talk to other guys that, that you know, I mentor, for, you know, per se, and, and have conversations with through the course of time, um, for me, self-awareness is huge, right? Um, you got to be self-aware. You have to know what you're good at. You have to know what you're bad at, especially if you're going to lead other people, right? Uh, my, one of my favorite sayings is by Steve Jobs is we don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to surround yourself with the, with the pieces that make you whole, right? So if I'm not good at A, I want to go out and find somebody who is a master at A um, so he can take care of that for me. So 
Um, when I took the job at CentOS, it was definitely a step back. I was literally just an ISR, right? Making mm. 50 grand, 55 grand a year plus bonus. Um, within six months, I was the number one rep in the company. I was making $300,000. Uh, $50,000 uh, base and another two fifty plus in commission. Um, they had 2,700 reps. I was number one every week, every month, every year, year over year. Um, my boss at the time, my boss at the time was a guy by the name of Brian Wilson, who was a young guy. Um, he was a, a mentor at, at CentOS. He had started straight from college and worked his way up through the ranks uh, and was in charge of the team that, that I played on. Him and I just hit it off. Uh, he, we're literally one and the same. Hustler, uh, super sharp guy, self-aware. Um, we built a bond. When CentOS got sold to another, our business division got sold to a competitor. Um, at that time, we both realized that, you know, we kind of got what we needed out of CentOS, uh, and it was time to move on and do something new. At this time, the SaaS community was taking off. Technology was taking off. Um, things were exploding. Um, so we wanted to be on the cutting edge of that, right? Um, so I took a step back, and I was kind of just home hanging out with the boys, you know, doing my thing. I coached basketball, so I was just kind of living the, the retired life or in-between <laughs> job life, <laughs> waiting for the next great opportunity. Um, and, and I turned down, and, and this all goes back to self-awareness, right? I turned down several opportunities um, that I could have joined teams because it just wasn't the right fit, whether for them or for me. Um, so I had to be patient about it. Uh, I get a call on a Wednesday afternoon, Brian Wilson, uh, my boss at CentOS, took a VP of sales job at a software company that will remain nameless. Um, and he wanted me to come in and drive new business. He wanted me to be the VP of business development. Uh, so of course I jumped at the chance to work with him. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite people in the world. Um, so we hopped on when we got there, they were doing about three and a half ish million dollars in revenue. Uh, in under 36 months, we took it to 17.9 million in revenue, built out the SDR team, built out the account executive team. We fired everybody, started from scratch, um, put in the playbook, um, built the tech stack. Um, and, and it took us 36 months to do that. Uh, and uh, it took us, yeah, and at the end of that, at the end of that journey, um, they were getting ready to get sold to a private equity firm. Uh, we both stepped away. Uh, he went and actually worked for a private equity firm, and I got the opportunity uh, to link up with John T. McLaren and Chris Beal at Connect and Sell, who are probably two of my favorite people in the world as well. Super sharp guys, super innovative product. We could not have gotten our company to $17 million. Uh, without connecting so they were a driving force behind that um, and i used to tell brian leading up to that last six months uh at the previous software company i thought like dude when i leave here i'm going to work for connect and Cell. i'm going to work for connect and Cell. i kept telling him that like i was just i'm passionate i'm a super passionate person in general but i was super passionate about what they were doing um so when we stepped away from uh, that software opportunity um literally did some cold calling uh through mutual friends that i knew that that knew chris and johnny they introduced me I did a call with Chris. Chris referred me to Jonty. Did a call with Jonty. Um, they made me an offer, and I've been working at Connect and Sell uh, since January, so going on 10 months. Um, and I know it sounds corny. I'm 43 years old. I've had a lot of jobs, good, bad, and different. A lot of bosses, good, bad, and different. Um, I'm so passionate about Connect and Sell. Um, I'm in a great place. Uh, it's literally a, a, a dream job. Uh, it's been in the making for the last two two years. Uh, John T and Chris and the whole team at Connect and Sell are just truly amazing, sharp people. Uh, and I feel like uh, like this is 20 years leading up to this point um, at Connect and Sell, and, and, and I'm super happy and, and I'm stoked about what we're doing, where we're going as a company, um, and, and how I'm helping them get there. No, I mean, it, you know, 
so I have a few questions and comments. So, so when you uh, came to that software company, right? Uh, I remember the, when you first told me about this, the first time you talked, you know, break down uh, that process, right? So I, you know, the tech stack you guys had, you know, that, that schedule that you guys built out for, for the outbound, just give us a flavor of that. Cause I think uh, it's obviously at that point had been something that you had done uh, before, right? So it, it, you, you had that playbook in place and were able to just essentially uh, arrive somewhere and drop it in and there the results are, right? I mean, with uh, obviously, you know, that's uh, a high level. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. But, yeah, just touch on kind of how you built that out. Yeah, so great point. Um, so at the time, tech stacks and, and automation was an outbound strategy for really just coming uh, into the forefront. They weren't – it's not like it is now where – you know, there was no uh, SDRs or hardly any uh, BDRs. This, this, this concept was, was all super new. Uh, and Brian and I had kind of read about it. And, you know, uh, Aaron Ross touched on it and predictable revenue, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. Those are, those yep. are kind of some of the, the places that we took inspiration from. Um, built out the team uh, and then proceeded to uh, – we're definitely not operations people, right? I know the operational side just because I have to, uh, but definitely not my strength. So going back to self-awareness. First thing I did was I went out and I found the, the, the badass sales operations girl. Uh, mm. Shout out to my girl, Jessica Thomas. She's amazing. Um, without her, we weren't, weren't going to be able to pull all this stuff off, tie all these stacks together, mm. uh, and be able to do the things we wanted to do. Um, so the first piece of software we bought was, was Salesforce. We got them switched over to Salesforce. Second piece of software we bought was Connect and Sell. Uh, we bought Outreach. Uh, we bought some uh, Marketo uh, for some drip campaigns and some email blasts. Um, and this is before the connect and sell outreach integration. So they were living separately. Mm. Um, so we were doing the calling functions. We were setting up cadences and sequences on outreach. They were running in the background. Uh, and then we were, and then my BDRs were probably making anywhere in the neighborhood of 1500 to 1800 dials a day. Um, we went from booking 15 or 20 meetings a month as a team, uh, to booking 250, 300 meetings a month. Double more than double. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. Yep. 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 You know, the eight, 15 to 1800 conversations a day. I mean, dials, dials, dials. dials. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. important. So they were probably having 80 conversations. They're probably having 80 conversations a day. That's, I mean, big boy sales. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but you know, if you're a real sales guy, who doesn't want to have, 80 conversations a day, you know what I mean? Like, um, and what I think is interesting is, so now all of these, you know, all of this automation is, is, you know, par for the course. Right. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the times, especially maybe more so on the email, uh, automation side of things that, you know, the, I think some of the opinions out there are, you know, it allows, salespeople to not really have to be salespeople, right? You can kind of sit behind a computer and send out, you know, some creative emails and, you know, uh, maybe make a few calls, you know, your 40 calls a day here and there. But, you know, I mean, I've talked to SDRs and BDRs that don't even use the phone, right? I mean, and, and it's an organizational thing, right? Um, so 
obviously there's a correlation between the high volume of phone conversations you guys were having and you know the results that you got right the the doubling of you know the number of meetings and then obviously from that comes the revenue right so i think that's such an important thing to kind of like pull out of that is like you know uh, you guys were hitting it on all channels. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I believe in multi-channel sales, right? I think you have to surround your customer, your prospect, um, whether it be a little bit of social, a little bit of emails. At the end of the day, I talk to CEOs and CROs all day long. You've got to be on the phone. You have to be having conversations. I've never, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. Never closed a deal that didn't originate and end on the phone. Emails is a good way to kind of, you know, maybe bridge the gap on some of that stuff. Uh, but, you know, to your point, I talked to SDRs and BDRs that don't even use the phone. Um, yeah. I did a test drive a couple months ago with a company who I renamed Nameless. The reps were scared. They wouldn't even get on the phone. They were scared. They're like, we don't know how to use the phone. To me, that, that's mind-boggling. That, that's, a, uh, that's, a, uh, that's a company issue. Um, yeah. the, the emails allow the reps to be lazy. To me, it's laziness. Um, it's bad coaching. Uh, we got to get back to using the phone. The phone will win all the time. Well, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I'm the first person to say that, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy uh, the ability to feel like I'm being productive by sending emails and not have to have any of the like anxiety or that uncomfortable feeling that you get when you're making cold calls. But that's that's what it, what being a salesperson is, right? If you're, if, if you're just sending, like you almost have to categorize mm -hmm. those folks in a different, like you have to call them something different. Like that's marketing. Yeah. In my opinion. So, and, and, and to your point, I think a lot of SDR and BDR teams that live in that world now report to marketing, which to me is another, like I talked to a guy the other day, he was the, uh, he was the CMO of this company. And he's like, yeah, all the SDRs and BDRs report to me. And they're not using the phone. I'm like, well, shocker. Have you ever used the phone? He was like, no. I was like, so why would your SDRs or BDRs ever use the phone? For me, sales is all about being uncomfortable. Success in general in life is being about being uncomfortable, right? If you're never going to put yourself into a place where you feel uncomfortable, you'll never be able to reach the success that you want to have. Uh, and, and, I mean, your story kind of paints that very clearly, right? I mean, uh you started out, you passed up an opportunity when you were young to go do some shit you didn't want to do, right? Uh, and kept that alive through that period and then jumped on the opportunity. And then, you know, it sounds like from there, uh, you know, your decisions were calculated, right? And, and you're, you're not just, because I, I feel like a lot of salespeople that are maybe early in their career, um, and, and I get it and I understand this, but they take whatever they can get, right? Like whatever opportunity comes, you know, they don't like right. their current role. They don't like their boss. And the next, uh, you know, job posting that they see that, that, you know, they're not going to lose a bunch of money on, they go do that. Right. And then they do that for a year and then they're not good at it because they're not, you know, passionate about what they're selling. Again, they don't like the people that they work with and then they're right back looking for another job. It sounds like from, from, you know, what you did was, okay, uh, let me, I recognize people that I enjoy working with, right? You stayed close to them and strategically chose where to go based on what you were passionate about, which, you know, has led you to, to 
the success you've had, right? I mean, I think those are all important parts, right? And sometimes it's easier said than done. You know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I did it, right? I mean, I sold cell phones for like two years longer than I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew I, I, I worked at Sprint for like a month and it was like my last ditch effort, right? Like I, I knew I didn't want to be doing it, but I had to pay bills, right? And I had to do something to bridge that gap until, because, you know, the reality is you got a family to support or, or you know, whatever it is, you got to at least keep the lights on. But uh, as soon as I was out of that scenario, right, and, and got myself to a point where I was a little bit more comfortable financially, uh, you have that breathing room to like look around and start making strategic decisions. Uh, and you need to have enough self-awareness to recognize when that moment is for you and then actually do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think if I can give young reps uh, who are coming into this wonderful industry that, that we have, young, wonderful vertical that we have sales, and, 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 and let's not get it twisted, right? Sales reps, there's good, there's bad, um, they're, they're ugly, um, but it's, it's the greatest profession in the world by far. Nothing happens until somebody sells something, right? Mm. So if I can give young salespeople uh, two pieces of advice, um, it would be when you're looking for a job, the things that are most important are A, be passionate about what you do and be always find a boss, not a job. The person that you're going to be reporting to and working with on a daily basis is way more important than the title of the company, the name of the company or what the company is doing. Um, I've been lucky enough where I've had, uh, you know, like I mentioned, I've had Brian Wilson uh, in two different places and, and then now Jonty and Chris. Um, you got to be inspired by the people you work with. Uh, yeah. And I'm, every day when I get up in the morning, I know that those guys are going to inspire me and push me to be better. Because even at 43, like you said, technology is always changing. Things are always changing. Uh, and, and these guys are always pushing me to be better and be greater um, and do more. Uh, so to me, that's, that's the most important piece of advice I can give to a young rep. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, last question. Uh, tell us about Connect and Sell, man. I mean, I know you have uh, mentioned it here and there, but go for it. Let everybody know. Yeah. Yeah, so Connect and Sell uh, is the greatest sales acceleration platform that's out there, right? Um, we eliminate waste and frustration. 95% of, of a rep's day, whether it's an SDR, a BDR, an account executive, a guy on the road, or a guy in the office inside sales, is spent dealing with gatekeepers and voicemails and phone trees. That's the same reason why we keep seeing all these posts on LinkedIn, cold calling is dead. Cold calling is dead the old-fashioned way, manually, one by one where I make 100 dials, I bang my head up against the wall, and I talk to four people, right? That just sounds painful. And I know it is because I came from that world. I did it. I'm so old, I used to call out of the yellow pages with a yellow highlighter because that was the only color <laughs> highlighter they had back then, right? It wasn't orange or You pink. couldn't even get a blue, um, son. You couldn't even get no a blue. blue. No, it was strictly like old school telesales, right? I come from that yeah. boiler room environment. Yeah. Um, so I know, I know it sucks, right? Um, so what we do is we eliminate all that waste and frustration at Connect and Sell. We've realized over the last 10 years, uh, we invented our space. We have no competitors. We have patents on everything that we do. There's nobody else that does what we do. Um, we realized that if we can eliminate that waste and frustration for the rep, um, and we can deliver conversations on demand to them, that these companies can excel their growth by a multiple of at least 10x, right? Um, so we're going to use a combination of our software, our staggered algorithms, and our live human agents to do a fully navigated dial for you. We're gonna get the people that you wanna have conversations with on the phone for you faster, quicker, and more efficient than you can do a dialing manually. 
and returns you an ROI of about 10x. 90% of my customers were probably paying somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four to five hundred dollars for the cost of a conversation. Uh, with my sales weapon, I can get that down to about forty or fifty dollars for you just by sheer volume. Um, so as a leader, the things that you're worried about are your CAC costs, right? Your customer acquisition costs and your cost per conversation. Both of those things are going to be about 85% lower using Connect themselves. Empower your reps. Leaders, hear me, please. Empower your reps. Give them the automation. Give them the weapons that they need to be successful. Don't put them into a box. Don't let them bang your head up against a gatekeeper in a voicemail for seven hours a day. That's why your reps are leaving and going to other jobs. Give them the weapons they need to be successful. Reach out to me at Connect themselves. Sass.winestock, connectthemselves.com. I'm here to answer any questions, all calls, and all comments. Boom. I love it. I knew I could count on you for a good one of those, man. Um, so this is the, the last question I'll ask every person that comes on here. Uh, it, it's the lunch break podcast. We got to get off here. I got to go back uh, and, you know, uh, make the bacon. I'm sure you do too. So last question, what's your favorite lunch spot? So this is going to seem funny, and, and I was thinking about it. Um, it's going to seem funny because I'm a 6'3", 265, 70-pound guy. Um, but one of my favorite places is called the Cafe Sunflower in Buckhead, Atlanta. It's a vegetarian, vegan restaurant, but they, you would never know that you weren't eating meat. Uh, it's an amazing place, amazing atmosphere. Food is legit. Like, if you're into like I'm just into that kind of thing. I know it sounds weird. Like, yeah. when I go to the cereal aisle, and I'm looking at these, you know, I got the 100-pound skinny blonde girl looking at me like, what is this dude doing down here? <laughs> like, that's just my thing. Like, I don't know why. I just love that food. Cafe Sunflower and Buckhead is amazing. Um, there's one thing I want to say before we go, James. Yeah. All, everybody that's listening to this podcast, okay, I've known James for about six months now. Um, these are the podcasts you want to be listening to. James is somebody you want to be following, okay? Uh, James is one of the new, young, bright leaders uh, in our industry uh, in sales enablement and sales development, the things that we're doing to salespeople. Make sure you're looking him up. Make sure you're asking him questions. Make sure you're listening to his podcast. James, you're an amazing person. You're an amazing salesperson. I'm honored to be on your podcast. I look forward to talking to you again soon, my brother. I appreciate it, Seth. Thanks so much for that. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap episode number one of the Lunch Break Podcast. See you guys soon.